today's my last day in Ephesians, and I'm really, I, I, was, I was not dreading it. I was concerned because I've, I've preached the whole armor of God many times. And I was like, all right, Lord. Because, you know, I've got, I've got friends, I should use the word acquaintances because none of my close friends do this, but I've got acquaintances that say once you've preached for a certain number of years, it's awesome because you just re-preach. My ADD won't allow that. I'm telling y'all, to the best of my knowledge, now I want to be honest, but to the best of my knowledge, I've never just pulled a message out and re-preached it. I can't do it because I don't get excited about it. And my thing is, if I don't get excited, why should I expect you? So it's always something new. Every time I, I just, I can't sleep at night, so I'm like, I'd rather sleep, so here's something fresh, something new. So this isn't from old messages. I, I wanted it to be fresh. I wanted it to be revelatory. But I was like, all right, Holy Ghost, you're going to have to work on this one because everybody who's ever been in church if you ever went to Sunday school growing up, you saw flannel boards with the whole armor of God, right? So I was like, yeah, sweet. And man, is this different? And am I excited about it? So just in review, I want to, eventually it'll work. I want to show you a, a review of Ephesians. Ephesians 1 through 3 was our position. Remember, this, this series is about who you are in him. And, and your position has to do with there's wealth stored up for you in Christ. Now, this isn't so that you can say, I'm wealthy, but so that you accomplish what he's purposed you to do. So if you're fighting hard to try to get what God put in you and on you, then you're battling wrong. It's yours. Someone say it's mine. It's, it's, it's yours, but it's yours in him. It's yours for his purpose. It's, it's yours so he, he can be glorified and seen. And this will make more sense as we go. But the first one is my position. It's where I stand. The second one is how we walk. It's our practice. It's, it's your behavior is basically the easiest way to say it. And it's how I stand. So where I stand, how I stand. And then the last one is why I stand. It's my protection. It's the protection. I'm not preaching this today. I think I'm going to in the next few weeks. But I need you to know that the Holy Spirit is the central intelligence agency in you. The CIA of your life is, is the Holy Spirit. And it, and it goes hand in hand with this. But I'm not going to hit on that too much. But protection is so important for things that we find valuable, isn't it? Someone say yes, if you agree. If you don't, then I'm going to show you why you should in a minute. But I've learned this. I've learned this. This is not against y'all. This is with y'all because I love y'all, young people. I miss being a student pastor. Not enough to go do it, but I miss being a top display. <laughs> I do miss it. I, I loved it. I thought I'd do it for my whole life, and, and y'all are so amazing. This is such a great group of young people. I just got to tell y'all something. We're going to change the world with this group. I'm just telling you. But, but I got, there's, there's people in this service that grew up with me, so this isn't good because I got witnesses, and these aren't the witnesses you want, right? When, when you don't pay for something, how many of y'all know that you probably aren't going to take as good a care of it as if you do pay for it? <laughs> like cars. <laughs> Back in the day. It is back in the day for real because now that we're paying for them, we don't race them as much as we used to, but God help us. We should be in jail. But it's just a little side note. God forgives. You should too. Continue. But I just, I just, I know it's true. I know that once I started paying my own insurance and once I started paying my own car payments or even paid it off, but I had worked hard to pay that car off. I didn't want dents in the side of it near as much as I cared if my parents had paid for it and it was, ooh, all right, they'll get it fixed. How many of y'all remember? I'm talking to y'all now. How many of y'all know, right? 
Because I joke with my kids all the time, we're not getting that until you can earn it and pay for it, but it's a lie because we're going to get it. And we're not going to make them pay for it. Why? Because they can't at this point. But I just don't protect things as much that I don't find valuable. And a lot of times I don't find things valuable if I didn't have to purchase it. Are y'all with me? I, don't, I mean, it's cool, but, but it's, it's, it didn't cost me anything. And that's where these come in because, you know, the problem with expensive phones, the, I think the new iPhone comes out, either it already did or it's coming out soon, am I right? Y'all can say yes if you know. If not, just stay quiet and we'll all be awkward. I think in, in October the iPhone 57 is coming out. <laughs> There's, it's always, they they got to come up with new Roman numerals now because they got so many. But the new one's coming out, and it's probably $1,000. Let's just assume it's $1,000. So if you had to pay 10 Benjamins up front, that would cost a lot. But when they can sneak in a little bit of monthly fee, it's like, oh, I don't feel it. And so we're apt to, we're prone to not taking as much a care, or excuse me, not thinking of it as painful because it costs me and not worrying about it as much. And the other thing we do with phones is we look at them when we first get them and they got all these gadgets and bells and whistles and we're like, ooh, that's pretty. That's cool. I don't really want to put a case on it because I like how it looks. Come on, talk to me. So we don't. Now, I know there's at least half the room that have done this and then probably within the first month, it's clacking pow and you drop it. And you said, I ain't paying for that extra insurance. That's dumb. So you stuck. Huh? Y'all better talk to me. This is like class when you're allowed to talk, y'all got to talk back. Right? Am I right? But why? Because it looked good and it felt safe and I'm going to take good care of it. So where do you put it? In your pocket. And then you sit and it bends. Y'all remember the, y'all remember the iPhones that would bend? I did, well, I did that to one or so of them. <laughs> Thank God for those protective cases, right? Because it had a screen protector. I had to get the Defender or whatever the biggest one was called because I jerked that thing up so many times, pow, 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 and it would mess up. I'd drop it, I'd smack, slap, plop. And I finally said, I don't care. And, and some of the phones have a stronger screen. <laughs> I'm going to drop it, so I'm going to put a case on it. You like it, put a ring on it. You like it, put a case on it. Come on, somebody. Right? Because it's going to mess up. But I'm less apt, I'm less prone to, I'm less likely to take care of something if it doesn't seem that valuable. But if that phone got messed up, look at me. If the phone in my pocket got messed up and I would die if it messed up, how many of us would take a little bit better care of it? We treat it a little bit different because we're like, I mean, it's cool, but I'm probably not going to keep it in my pocket. I don't know where I'd keep it. I don't even know if, if I'd keep it. I'd have a, a case, right? And then I'd have lasers with sharks with lasers attached to its head. All kinds of stuff because I got to make sure that Fort Knox is protecting me because I got to make sure that I don't die. That's you. That's what's in you. See, many of us look at our lives as if it is our own. Listen to me. You look at the giftedness that God gave you. I'm talking to Christians for a second, but I'm going to get to you if you came here today and someone tricked you and they said they were buying you lunch and they're sitting lunch. All right? You're going to get to eat and then you're going to get to eat again. But in this case, I need you to know it's offered to you. But for anybody that's followed Jesus, it's in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. 
The most valuable resource on planet Earth is not any gold. It's not any element. It is the Holy Spirit of God, and the temple of the Holy Spirit is you. This is, I love this place. I'm so thankful for this place, but this ain't it. The only thing this becomes sacred in is when we gather together and worship him. But the concrete floors that we've painted gray, these walls, all of this, it ain't any more sacred. So if you worry about cussing in here, but you would cuss out there, stop it. Oh, I ain't going to lie, I'm in church. You are the church. You lie in church every day. You cuss in church every day. How do I know? You cuss and you lie. <laughs> it's you. And the reason that we'll abuse ourselves is because we don't care about the value. Why? It didn't cost me anything. Grace is free. You know what? That's the beauty of the gospel. All that word means is the good news of Jesus. That's the beauty of it. It's also the curse of it. It didn't cost me. But what we fail to understand when we think that it's free and that's it, period, is that it's free to receive. But then it costs me everything to walk in. It's free on the front end, but it should cost me everything every single day. So the reason that this protection plan, the reason this protection plan of God seems willy-nilly, casual, I'm not sure if I care about it, we'll just go with it, we'll think it's cool. The reason that you've made the flannel board, the thing, and maybe I should consider praying the full armor of God on me and not, it ain't really an option. This was never intended to be something that you thought through and thought, do I put the helmet on today or not, right? Don't we do that? Y'all can, y'all can tell me the truth. We kind of do that because it's weird and it's awkward and it seems uncomfortable and it seems like maybe, maybe this will be cool if I do a little time in prayer. But you're housing Something that, that all of the gold in Fort Knox couldn't pay a down payment on how valuable what's inside of you really is. And it's not for your purpose. It's for their purpose and God's glory. It's so that everyone can see how good God is. And I don't get gifted and anointed so that people can say, man, that Mark, he had one today. That son of a gun was preaching. That ain't the point. The point is him. And so when I don't see it as valuable because I didn't have to buy it, then I abuse my giftedness and I make it about this body. And I'm not suggesting for one second that I should abuse this shell, but I'm suggesting what's inside this shell is much more valuable. And that's the point of putting on the armor. So we closed last week, if you weren't here, we closed last week with this thought. God made you to produce fruit but you can't drink the wine of what your, your fruit produces. It's, it's the grapes that you produce. It's the reproductive qualities that God put in you naturally and supernaturally, but you can't be intoxicated with that. And we move straight into husbands love your wives, lives submit to your husbands, and husbands love to use that passage, but you do it out of context. And then children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother. Husbands do not provoke your children with anger, but raise them up to, and train. And then it's this awkward passage that no one wants to preach, but it's really not that bad. Because in some translations, it says, slaves submit to your master. And you're like, pump breaks, we're American, and this is always divisive. But it's not the same as what happened in America. These people were not, were not stolen from a civilization and then put on the slave market and then, like America happened. This is, I owed you something, and I had to become, the, the actual word is bond servant. Because I owe you a debt and I can't pay it off, I have to work it off. 
And so what it's saying is I should respect those people that I have a debt to, not slavery and not slavery. So if people read the Bible, oftentimes they'll say, Paul even talked about slavery, but it wasn't giving a yes to owning a human being, but to paying off a debt. And even if that owner is mean, I still respect authority. So listen to me. Going into this, how many of y'all can agree with me that we have a problem with authority? That we, and, and you know what? I don't care where you stand on all the issues. I'm talking about just in homes. We don't like to obey our parents and the Lord for this is right, and we don't like to not provoke our children with anger. We don't like to respect and love our wives as Christ and, and opposite with our husbands. And So that's where we find a problem. So you can fix the world like we try to do every day on social media. But if we're not getting it ourselves then we're abusing the Spirit of God and trying to use Him for our benefit. So if you fight your battle without understanding, then you'll never get in the war. You'll never get in the actual battle and you'll be frustrated. Because I know many of y'all walked out this morning and you were so frustrated with somebody in your neighborhood or that you saw online or somewhere that said something that disagreed with what you believe. And you know what? That's called life. And they're going to. But you don't know it all any more than I know it all. And so if we can just come to a realization that the Lord Jesus is not a donkey and the Lord Jesus is not an elephant, he's the king, then it will change the game for us. And even though if I hear one more political ad, I may throw up, that is not the point. He's the point. So look, we pick up with this. Finally, do y'all know what this means? This is breaking news to y'all. Do y'all know in the Greek what finally means? Finally. Every time I hear this, I think of the rock. Finally, the rock. Some of y'all never watch wrestling. Has come back to four points. All right. It means what you think it means. It's, it's like after all of this in these six chapters, this is how I want you to seal the deal and close it up. And if you get all this information, but you don't finally, finally, final point, exclamation mark, get this, then you'll miss the whole ball game. And it's cool that you know. And a lot of us come in with understanding, but you're not walking in it. Why? Because you don't know the final piece. So he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on how much of the armor? Say it loud. The whole armor that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against authorities and against cosmic powers in this present darkness and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. I'm going to do this quick. That means that even though you got mad at your mother-in-law, at your son-in-law, at your daughter-in-law, at your cousin, at your friend that used to be your friend, but they said something politically that you didn't like, at all of these other people in your life, your battle really isn't them. Your battle is against the devil and his demons. And we're too blind to see that because we're asleep at the wheel. So, so we, we curse at people that we should be blessing. That doesn't mean agreeing in your mind. That means my brothers and sisters in Jesus, I have to build up no matter what they believe politically. Because my battle's not against them. It's against the spiritual heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Not part of it, not optional. Put on, take up. That you may be able to, what's this word? Withstand. Second time we see stand. In the evil day, having done all to stand firm. Third stand. And then he goes straight into stand therefore. So we got four stands before we even get to an armor. 
What does that appear to mean? He wants to, I know this is revelation to y'all. Y'all are going to be so blown away. But what does it sound like in the first four verses that he wants us to do? He wants us to stand. He wants us to stand. He doesn't need you to run fast. He doesn't need you to jump high. He doesn't need you to be the best. He needs you to stand. And most of us, like James says, that we're double-minded and we're blown with the wind. We don't have any secure footing. Or as Jesus said in Matthew 7, the foolish man builds his house on the, y'all remember? The sand. And it can't withstand the storm. So many of us without an anchor, without support, are blown about. And he says, no, I want to emphasize this four times. You must stand firm. Watch this. He says, stand therefore, having fastened the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, for the next couple minutes, I'm going to break down these pieces. I was going to get a costume, and we went to a couple costume places, and I just, I'm cheesy, and I don't care. It was too cheesy. It was par cheesy. <laughs> That's awful. All right. It was so bad, I couldn't even do it. Some of y'all are like, that is too corny to even laugh at. Oh, my gosh. It was awful. I couldn't do it. I was like, this doesn't look anything like it, so you just got to go with my pictures and go with it. Belt of truth. I thought this was fascinating because part of the point of the belt of truth is to protect me in my, in my thighs and up to my reproductive area. Any, any warrior. But that wasn't the most important thing that the belt of truth did. Matter of fact, in some of your translations, it would say gird up your loins with the belt of truth. Which if you had a tunic, it meant to grab the tunic and pull it up and so you could not trip on it and all of that. And, and that's absolutely true. But I learned this. I thought it was really cool. The point of the belt of truth wasn't necessarily so I didn't trip and so I could run fast. But so it tied my whole armor together. And I had all pieces not falling down and coming apart and doing all this like my cheap armor would have looked like because it was exactly what I just said, cheap. It, it tied everything together. It was, it was the piece that you hook this to and hook this to and hook this to. The belt of truth holds all things together. For someone that knows the Bible in here that wants to talk out, who is it that holds all things together according to Paul's letters? Who is it? Say it out loud. Jesus. Jesus. Colossians says specifically, this isn't even changing words, he holds all things together. And in John 1, the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made by him and nothing was made that has been made except by him. And it was life, and the life was the light of men. And then verse 14 it says, and the word became flesh and lived with us. That's Jesus. It's the word. But it's the written word. It's the written word. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The belt of truth, I believe, is two forms. It's Jesus, but it's the word. And so if, if putting on the belt is not optional or else I'm going to be defeated, and if I found it valuable, I would always do it. If it doesn't start with this. The Logos, the written word of God. This is not meant, and there's nothing wrong with having a devotion time, y'all. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But this isn't so that you aren't in trouble with God because you did your 10 minutes with Jesus. Like This is the manual, the kingdom manuscript that the owner, like, like the owner of what this TV gives me a manuscript and says, if something breaks down, here's the manual. I probably will look at it. I probably would love to hear directly from him how to operate this thing, and that's you. 
And that's this. And so this isn't so that God isn't mad at me. It's so I know how to operate. It's a kingdom manuscript. It's a government document. It's a binding agreement. It's a covenant. The Old Testament and New Testament means covenant. And so when I look at this thing as, ooh, I didn't do my 10 minutes with Jesus, I've missed the point. Is there something wrong with doing 10 minutes? No, not at all. It's just not, devotional purposes is not why the Bible was created. But so that I could walk with him. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This is the way that I live. This is the way that I walk and it holds things together. Now let me show you a couple verses. 1 Peter 1, therefore gird up, gird up. Well, I got to tell you what gird means. Gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and the rest Excuse me, and rest hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you in the revelation of Jesus. I thought this was really cool. I never knew this before. Because if you read different things, you'll find gird is different. But it actually, the loins, the loins, what we're actually girding up, actually means reins. The best definition, the best translation means reins. When you think of reins, what animal do you put reins on? A horse. And what do you want to do with the reins? What's the purpose of them? What do you, what, why do I, you control them? You guide them. Well, horses have built-in reins. Did y'all know this? Like you don't have to do it this way because their back straps actually control them. And if you squeeze them too hard, it'll freak them out. And that's why most people don't do well on horses. And if you do it just enough, but if you get comfortable, you can control them. Just like... I know some of y'all were punks like me growing up and used to go behind girls. I go behind Leah sometimes, but don't tell her. And do like that under her ribs, right? You remember? Don't do this, guys. Because they get mad. And then, whatever. You're in trouble. And you'll have a future doghouse, and <laughs> praise the Lord. But nobody likes to be pressured and pushed that way. And what's being protected is the fact that what this actually means, what the reins and the loins actually are, are the seat, y'all check this out, of my emotions. It's the place that my emotions rest. So why, do I, why does it freak me out when truth is not flowing through me, when I think I might be right, but I'm not sure, when I make a stand, but it's not God's stand? It's because, because what's controlling me in my emotional area. Now your heart is a little bit different than this. But in your gut, in your loins, when I get emotional and angry and it feels like a fire is burning down in my stomach and I don't even know why and I'm looking at anger in people and I'm just like, why am I so mad at them? And I know all of y'all have done this before. It's because that is actually, in my opinion, the area that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. And so, so the area that is supposed to be controlled by the Spirit of God is being controlled by the emotional thing because that's where your emotionals stop. It starts here, and then it settles in here. So if I, if I capture it when it's here, and I don't let it settle in my belief system that sits in my gut, and then all of a sudden my emotions become, I'm, I'm bipolar, and I may not even need medicine for it because I may not be chemically imbalanced, but I can hate somebody and not even know why. Some of y'all dislike your spouses or your brothers and sisters, and you can't even remember what the fight was about in the first place. That's when, that's when the belt of truth got taken off. Because, do you know why I take it off? It's because I feel comfortable and safe. And I'm just like, ah, eh, no big deal. I can't be sober in my mind if I'm not emotionally girded up. 
and I'll be controlled by every single direction you can imagine if I'm falling apart, if I don't have truth. If truth is just optional in my life, yeah, but as soon as I add that to the equation, I should immediately expect all kinds of craziness to come my way. Why? Because I'm going to be attacked. This promises that. But I can stand on truth. You will be the most up and down roller coaster Christian is what I used to call it in the world if you're not tightened up. And so it says sanctify them in the word, excuse me, in the truth. Your word is the truth. And so what buttons me up, what I should check everything on. I have an emotional feeling about you. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. And before I let emotions run my life, I should check it in the, say it, in the word. So, so what's the struggle with the whole armor of God? It starts with the truth. It starts with this. It starts with the fact that if the Bible is something that you hear on Sunday mornings, I'm going to do my best to give you fresh revelation every week, but it's not enough. Because y'all repeat after me. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But that first part is you will know. And if the only thing you know is what I know, you miss the fact that the one that knows it all because he wrote it is in there. He sits in the seat of your soul. That the, literally in the Greek it means gut. Or the place that will be tied up by the belt of truth. Look at this. Your word is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing to the division of soul and spirit. Watch this. Joints and marrow discerning the thoughts and intentions of your heart. Discerning, discerning. How do I know if it's I'm, I'm angry at Travis and it's just an emotional thing or if it's a godly thing and I need to separate myself from him for a season because he's walking in something he shouldn't. I don't know that unless I've got something that can discern it. It can cut through just my emotional side, just my, just my jealous side, just the fact that I've been around gossip and it's starting to infiltrate my heart and then settle down in or it's the Holy Spirit working. If I don't check myself, I will wreck myself. What do I check myself with? The truth. Now watch. I know some of y'all that know the Bible are thinking to yourself, yeah, but it's the belt of truth and it's the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I'm about to show you something in a minute because it ain't the same. It's a little different, but they go hand in hand. They're, exact, they're supposed to fit. Matter of fact, you, this sword had to go with this belt. Even when you took your armor off, and you just had regular clothes on. You kept your belt on. And then this particular sword, you kept on. These are two swords. Two words for Bible. But they're a little bit different. And I want to tell, uh, tell you about it when we get there. The next one is the, uh, the breastplate of righteousness. I thought this was so cool. First of all, the breastplate could not stay on unless it was connected to the belt of truth. So that's pretty cool, right? But then I need y'all's help to talk back to me. Because I know y'all know. Y'all are going to embarrass me if you don't talk. Because I feel like you do. I'm not the only person that's nerdy that remembers this from fourth grade science class. Y'all remember the three parts of an insect? You had the head and the abdomen. What was the middle? Thorax. <laughs> y'all remember? Come on. None of y'all heard this? Some of y'all, who hasn't ever heard this before? My heart's broken. We learned this. There, we're, 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 there. I don't know what to say right now. We, had, we have an endoskeleton. Our skeleton is inside our skin. They have an exoskeleton, right? So they have the armor on the outside. I feel like I'm in science class. Help me, Jesus. Do it, Holy Ghost. Look, look, the three parts to an insect, head, thorax, abdomen. The word thorax is the word for breastplate in the Greek, and it means protector of heart. 
Isn't that cool? So on an insect, when you see the bee, and they, like you flick its head off or something, and it's weird, but it still has the body and the two parts. This part really truly is the protector of its head. Or, sorry, the protector of its heart. You know what the Bible says? Above all else, guard your heart because out of it, all of life flows. It's where life flows from. Why should I protect my heart? Because it's where emotions begin. It's where my affections come from. It's where, it's where my true love is set. And if the breastplate isn't put on securely, then I just wander around aimlessly and anyone can have my heart. Look at me, young people. Look at me, old people. And everybody in between people and people online. Everybody doesn't get your heart. You should guard your heart. It doesn't mean you shouldn't let people in. It means you should guard who comes in, but it definitely, definitely, definitely means you shouldn't let evil come in. This side note, we'll keep going. That means some of y'all need to stop watching what you're watching. Why? Because you should be guarding your heart. Oh, I can handle it. Shoot, fire. I'm an adult. It ain't a problem. It is a problem. It affects you. After you watch shows, if you treat your spouse and your kids differently, turn the freaking show off. If you feel something when you listen to that kind of music, I'm not talking about a kind specifically. I'm talking about music, anything. Whatever begins to affect you is because you didn't put on the breastplate of righteousness, which is the thorax, which covers your heart. This isn't optional. It's a guarantee you'll lose the battle if you don't. And you're guarding the most precious commodity on planet Earth, which is the spirit of the living God, who can flow out of you and show life to everyone. But we just willy-nilly casually do it and it's because we don't understand next one you have the shoes for your feet that are the readiness given by the gospel of peace now watch this I'll just show you these shoes had hobnails on them they would drive them through and they were really comfortable because they had holes in them but they were still secure enough that they wouldn't give you blisters like the point of these were to not make you blistered and so that you could stand but I used to think if things have like cleats on them, they were so you could run fast. This is so that when the enemy's fight would come against you, you wouldn't slide back. So you could get good footing. Because four times at the beginning of this, he told us to do what? Stand. And so this is helping you stand. What does the gospel do? The good news of Jesus helps me withstand, helps me stand against, helps me believe. Because I know a bunch of y'all came in here today and you said, I believe this God thing might be true. Man, it doesn't feel like it's for me. Man, it doesn't feel like he really loves me. Man, it, I'm just wandering and I'm aimless. I don't know what to do. And, and it's because I'm wandering barefooted. And this is spiritual. This, this, is, this is a picture. It's not, we don't literally put shoes on our feet. We don't literally put a breastplate on. But metaphorically, if we don't, we're guaranteeing to wander. We're guaranteeing not to know the path to take. We're guaranteeing not to know when to withstand, when to take a stand, and when to go. And then, do you know who we get mad at? This is the truth. You may not express it out loud. You may be kind enough to keep it quiet. But we get mad at God because we say things like this. How could he let this happen? And I feel like what God would say back to us if he talked audibly all the time to us is, why didn't you ever put your shoes on? Because you've wandered everywhere and I wanted you to remain in me and I will remain in you. And apart from me, you can do nothing, but you thought you could do it alone. And we're mad at God. And I've been there because I know it's not just me. 
And so he wants us to put these shoes on. And then it says in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. I think this one's really cool. Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. Side note, check this out. This is the first evidence of chemical warfare. They would take, they would take, um, let, me, let me remember, they would take pitch, which is that like tar stuff that you put down and it's real hot and it steams and it seals stuff up, but it's very flammable, mixed with sulfur. Now, how many of y'all know what happens when sulfur gets to a flashpoint? It ain't good. Right? Hell is fire and brimstone is burning sulfur. It's not good. If you've ever been to a volcano and you smell eggs, that's burning sulfur. Okay, so they would put this sulfur that, that would flash at a very low, low heat, much lower than water at the boiling point, much lower than that. And it would, it would not only flame, but it was really the first napalm. So when it hit, it would, it would spread like wildfire. It would, it, would, it would make wildfires happen all over, and it would kill villages. It would destroy everything, and it would hit you, and you wouldn't just die from the spear. You would die from the burn. Now watch. This is so important. The word for fire... Flaming darts, this same word, is in Matthew 5 when it says that, that when I'm angry and the fires of hell burn in me, it's the same picture. The reason you can't understand why you can't get rid of the anger that has sat in this seat. So, so it all ties together. Y'all check this out. When I experience this anger, oftentimes it's something that happened to you when you were 8, 6, when you were 15, when you got abused, when you got neglected, when, when the thing happened to you that you've never understood or something that happened to you two weeks ago, and you can't believe he or she would say that about you or about them. There's a difference between this anger. As a matter of fact, it's Ephesians 4 repeats this, and do not sin, do not let the sun go down on your anger. This is the anger that is not righteous. This isn't against the sin. This is against a person. And what happens is when you don't understand why you can't get rid of anger, it's because hellfire is burning in you. It does not mean you're not a Christian. It means you've let a flaming dart hit your soul. The shield is the next line of defense. And then my thorax, my, my breastplate, and the belt of truth that girds me up. And I have all these layers that go in because I'm protecting the spirit of the living God that is in me that has to come out so people can know him. And whenever I just casually do it, what I do is I say, go for it. And a lie hits me in the chest. And I'll begin to believe it. And I'll begin to say it. And then I don't have to keep getting hit in the chest with that lie. Why? Because it had napalm on it. And it burns in me. And then I will flame out of my mouth curses because it's burnt in me. And you know what's crazy? Not only do you know what I'm talking about, but you know how it feels because it burns. There's a rage that many of you have said what I've said. I don't even understand why this rage is there. But Matthew 18 describes it for us. How many times should I forgive? Seven times, no, 70 times seven. And then he tells that parable. He tells that parable about forgiveness that he forgave millions and millions of dollars so we could be set free. But we hold people in contempt for 10000 And y'all, if someone owed me $10,000, it'd tear me up. Thank God nobody does. I don't even know what I'd do. I did have more than that stolen last year in our garage in Chattanooga. Someone came in our garage and broke open our safe and stole more money than that. That we had, we had stuff in there, and it was worth more than that, I should say. But I don't know who to be mad at, so I've kind of gotten over it. <laughs> but it probably wouldn't be good if I knew who it was. Because an arrow could hit me, and fire could burn. And many of y'all, just like a volcano bubbles, 
It's an unquenchable fire. Have that fire burning in you. And this is what's so sad about that is the only way people can experience God. Do y'all realize, I know you do, but just humor me and talk back to me. We serve an invisible God who physically puts himself, him, excuse me, himself in us, in his spirit, so that when people experience you, they can experience him. The most valuable thing on planet earth is the spirit of God, and he put himself in you so that when people see you and experience you, matter of fact, Jesus said this, by this all people will know you're my disciple if you, do y'all know it? John 13, 35, this is how everybody will know that you're my disciple if you love one another. And it's hard to love people when that fire burns. It's hard to love people when I'm gossiping and it keeps flaming. Because you know what gossip is? Gossip's like more oil on the fire. And I continue to hate them and I continue to hate them and I continue to hate them. And then I hate people who are Republicans because I'm a Democrat. And I feel like Republicans don't care anything about me or I hate Democrats because all they want to do is kill babies. And, and I just, I make stuff up in my head and I, and I have this, and, and, I, and I create this unbelievable thing that makes humans my enemy. And doggone Satan's winning. Because if I ask you who's your enemy, who do you dislike, who would think we could pop out names so fast? Not realizing that this battle's not against them. Does that mean you don't get wrong? No, you'll get wrong this week. I promise. Someone's going to say something about you. You'll be misunderstood. You'll be hated. But if Jesus is ever going to be lifted up, if the Spirit of God is ever going to be seen, if the world's ever going to believe our message is true, then the gospelness of my feet, then the wholeness, then the tightness, then all of this, and I've got to have protection. And the, the way this protection works is we each get this shield. I thought this was cool. The picture of these shields are about six feet tall, so I'd have to duck because they'd come up here and then I'd get hit in the head and it'd be awkward, right? <laughs> but the word for turtle in our language comes from this formation. And it was extremely common in those days in warfare. Matter of fact, the shields would hook together. Did y'all know that? They had hooks on them that, that were like clasps that you, you weren't really intended to fight alone. And so not only is my front side protected, but my top side and my back side and my side, all sides, it may look like I'm surrounded. But I'm not only surrounded by the Holy Spirit, but I'm surrounded with you. You know what the problem is? Is if I have my shield down of faith and you have your shield down of faith and you can't borrow my faith and I can't borrow your faith. And so we just look at each other and we end up shooting each other when we should be building each other up. We're supposed to tie together, link together. And there's soul ties that are good that God intends me to run with. My wife's one of them. My closest people are other ones. But if I can't link to their faith when my faith feels like it's going to fall, then I don't need to be tied to them anymore, spiritually speaking. Because we shoot our wounded in the Christian faith, but we're supposed to pick them up. And then the helmet of salvation, and I'm not going to make light of this. It's so important. If you're not saved, then your head is unprotected and your mind will wander. And you can't have peace if your head is not protected. And then the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And so many of y'all are walking around with head exposed, with body exposed, and you think to yourself, I don't know if I believe in this God, if he even exists. And then others, we just take our helmet off because we know we're saved so we can do whatever the blank we want to. And everybody that's experiencing God because 
they experience them through you thanks to themselves they're drunk they're crazy I don't want any part of that they're mean they're hateful they're, they're full of debauchery y'all remember that word from last week don't get drunk with wine which leads to debauchery but be filled with the Holy Spirit it has nothing to do with alcohol it has to do with my giftedness and what God puts in me and how I reproduce and make fruit and those grapes and that becomes wine I thought about this when I was doing this message and I just thought if you go to a wine store and people know about it right they know wines they know good wines I wonder how many people have walked up to a bottle of wine and thought my God in heaven this, this wine right here is a good vine nobody right are y'all with me nobody's ever thought I bet that has the best leaves ever I bet you if you smelled that soil mm -mm. I mean there might be some horticulture people that are weirdos but other than those (laughs) right other than other than weird what what do you try to do you you taste and you said it's aged so well and it has all of this and oh that's amazing because the only way that people really experience what's in is to find out by tasting and seeing what's in you. The only way that they can have a possibility of experiencing the goodness of God is not if they happen to hear my podcast one week, but that they happen to work beside you and their cubicle is right next to yours. Their, their desk is right next to yours. They happen to have you as a student, as their teacher and So they get to experience and taste and see that the Lord is good. But all of us have decided that this is optional and a bunch of us have taken our armor off and said, ah, screw it, it's no big deal. And the crazy part is it's not just you that's being hurt. It's the hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of people that you come in contact with. And I'm talking about the person at the QT that's pumping gas. And you're so upset that fire's burning so hard in you that you're, that you're cussing and you're angry and you just want to slam the door. Not because we don't take time. And y'all, this is me. I'm not talking about you alone. But we don't take time to think through all of the ramifications of the fact that I represent King Jesus. This is not behavioral modification, y'all. You can't do this on your own. But this is the fact that so many thousands of people, millions of people, let's just be honest, say to themselves, I don't know if I want that Jesus because they're mean. And I think to myself, they're right. Because we've taken off the armor. I thought this was cool. The word for word of God, the sword, actually was a dagger. So there's a weapon that you use that was like a spear and it's really cool and Sometime down the road, I'll teach on it and talk about it. But, but this sword of the Spirit was more like a dagger, and it went with the belt. And it was really the last line of defense, but it's the word rhema. It's the, same, it's, a, it's the word word in the English, but it's the word rhema, which means the spoken word of God. It means an in season. The actual definition, my favorite definition is it's an exact word for an exact situation in an exact time. It's specific, specific, specific. And so, so the word is alive and active, and it's always in season. But there's a spoken word that's in season for right now. Are y'all with me? And many of us keep our little daggers, 12-inch long, sometimes 18-inch they could be, double-edged daggers, and we've never used it. Because we don't hear by praying in the Spirit is the next verse enough. We don't, we don't sit down with God enough and we're just, ah, uh, whatever. Because it's not really that valuable, is it? I didn't have to buy it. 
And so when I need a word in season, and by the way, this isn't just the prophetic that I'm talking about. This is specifically calling words of God on my kids, on my family, speaking them out, claiming the word of God over my home, over you. Many people I pray for every day in this room. And I specifically call you by name and then quote scripture over your life. Why? Because I'm better? No. We are equally jacked up. Maybe me more. I promise. I know me a whole lot better than I know y'all. It's tough. But I also know how to weaponize and not go against. To be girded up. To let that belt buckle be tightened. Does that mean I won't get attacked? No, sometimes it means I'll get attacked more. But I want to finish with this. I didn't nearly get done. Who cares? We'll finish the way we want to and we'll keep going. I thought this was amazing, y'all. Most of the time in this day, underneath the breastplate and all of this they would have and some of y'all remember what color was this do y'all remember most of the time in the Roman army do y'all know what the color red red and then underneath the undergarment the shirt the pants that would go under the shoes and those shoes had like shin guards which is kind of cool to protect you all over your body but you're underneath the only thing else they saw was the color red And I was interested, curious, like, okay, so this country chooses this and this nation and this. But it just made sense once they explained it. And this isn't the Bible that explained this. This is history books that I was reading. They did it so that they could have chosen black. That's the other color. But it would have been a whole lot hotter in the sun. So they chose red so that when you got stabbed, you couldn't see where the blood was coming from. Right? Because if you wear white or y'all can see my sweat, you're welcome. Right? You can tell because this color doesn't cover that, but that red would cover where I get stabbed. And so many people would have wounds and the enemy could come upon you and they're trying to attack you, but they won't know where you're wounded because you're covered by the blood. You know what Revelation says? Some of y'all who feel defeated, I overcome two different ways, Revelation 12, by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony by the rhema the word of my testimony is an in season perfect timing I'm speaking life I'm speaking what God says and it's an in season do you know why I know we don't put on the armor because we don't overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony this is this these are just the thoughts that I have when it comes to overcoming we freak out freak out when we get bad news don't we because I believe this God thing but you let it look different than what I thought it was going to look and I freak out and I run for the hills I promise you this is a true story my wife and my daughter are witnesses Hasten could be too but I don't know if he was paying attention they're witnesses this is three months ago maybe Laney comes down we're in the middle of that spike in COVID y'all remember in the middle of the summer and I mean it, it was spiking like crazy and she came down she was fine and then she had a temperature of 102 and I thought oh Lord Jesus it's a fire right this is not good and Leah immediately said you think it might be COVID and I said I mean it wouldn't surprise me because everybody else is getting it and it's spreading like wildfire and it wouldn't surprise me and I started to get in my head I started to take the belt of truth off and let it control me. And I immediately just stopped and said, she don't have to stay sick. I promise you this is true. I don't care if you believe me. 
but it's important, I think, for you to know. I immediately said, I'm going upstairs. She ain't going to be sick anymore. I'm not putting on a mask. I went in her room as God as my witness and her mother and my daughter as my witness. And I said, you will not stay sick. I claim the blood of Jesus over this room and over this sickness. You know why many of us can have fevers that never leave? It's because we never plead the blood. You can call anybody that you want to the witness stand, but I'm going to plead the blood. And I promise you, I, I said it and I meant it and I prayed and I, I just put my hands on her and I said, I don't think there's anything powerful about these hands, except they're big. But that doesn't get rid of a fever. But I don't just think the Bible might be true. I believe what the Bible says is true. And I've tightened myself in the belt of truth. And I'm not going to claim all these hokey pokey supernatural things. I'm going to claim the blood of Jesus. You can take any medicine that you want. I'm not claiming don't take medicine. We gave her children Tylenol or something. I don't know. But I promise you, you don't go from sick to all better. And it's kind of odd the next morning with six ounces of whatever. But she woke up the next day and she's like, I feel so weird because for the last eight hours before I went to bed, I felt awful. And then I woke up and felt like I'd never been sick before. And I just thought to myself, why do I wait? Why do I pretend that this is weird? Just like we do in worship. Why do I pretend that we don't have the power to overcome, not by might or by my own power, but in the strength of whose might? His might. I put on the full armor. And then even when I'm wounded, because I'm covered by the blood of Jesus, the enemy can't know where I'm wounded. And that means that you'll have time to scar up before you bleed out. And, and that your scars will become your testimony. And that by the word of the scar and, and the testimony that what God did through that pain did not kill you, but it, but it actually helped someone else who was going through the same thing scar up, heal up, and walk it out. And instead of that being my testimony where I just suck and I'm just defeated and I can't do it anymore, I begin to walk. And then whenever I see situations, I don't have to do it weird. People are weird. God's not weird. But I can plead the blood of Jesus. Does that mean every situation will go away? It does not mean that. But it does mean that if you don't put on the full armor, you're missing the point. Because it's not just his protection plan so that you never get hurt. It's his protection plan so that his goodness is always there to be seen. So, so that God himself who left his spirit, the Bible says it's the spirit of Jesus living in me is protected that the central intelligence agency so that I have wisdom and I can know discernment and I can know where to operate and I can make decisions and I can be surrounded by wisdom and I can do the right thing that does not happen if I'm double minded and I'm wandering. It does not happen if I can't plead the blood of Jesus. And many of y'all in this room wonder why do I suck so bad? You don't. You just got out from under the blood. You stopped understanding what it was like to live in grace. But this is the point of the armor. And this is the point of being covered every day. Is the blood of Jesus does save me. Matter of fact, I'll just quote what I did in the last service. What can wash away my sins? Nothing. What? But the blood of Jesus but what can make me whole again is nothing but the blood of Jesus. That's peace. That's literally what the Greek word for peace means. It ties me up. So, so the blood of Jesus is twofold. It doesn't just save you and it's so powerful. I'm, I'm definitely not downplaying it. But for those of you who feel a lack of peace, you feel, you feel neglected, you feel rejected, you feel overcome, 
like, like there's nothing you can do. It's because you love that day of your wedding when you trusted Jesus as Lord, but you forgot to get under the blood every day since. Because the purpose of the blood isn't to just save you, but this is the problem with it. The value that I'm supposed to find in it because the Bible says I was bought with a price. Y'all know that in 1 Corinthians 6? That word price, I have it tattooed on my arm. It means honor, but it just means weight, worth, and value. And the reason that I am so casual with this is because I don't find it that valuable. But if I would see the value of the blood, what did God give for me? Everything. He purchased my salvation with his blood. So what does it cost me to get in it? Nothing. But to walk in it, everything. You know what I think we should look at the armor like? If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his armor and follow me. Whoever would find his life for my sake or for their sake would lose it, but everybody who would lose their life for my sake will find it. What can a man profit if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? And so every day that I wake up, I should consider my life worth nothing. But in everything, in prayer and supplication, present my request to God, present myself to God, and then walk in it. The armor is not something that's a cool flannel board toy. It's a must to guarantee that I'll walk with him. It is not a guarantee that, that things won't be fired at you. The more you walk in him, the more arrows are coming. But if I can lock my faith with your faith, I'm not better than you. My shield's not prettier than yours. Matter of fact, if my shield's pretty, it means I ain't in the battle. But if I want to win the war, then I have to get in the fight. God doesn't save you to get you out of hell, period. He saves you to get you out of hell, comma, and then walk it out and then live it out and then other people get to see you and they say I want what you got I don't know what it is but there's a peace that covers me that I can't understand there, there, there's a blessing that comes on your life that I can't understand it's not your stuff it's what's in you there's a wholeness there's a peace there's a, there's a purpose I want what you got but listen to me people of my, my family and my friends you gotta be covered in the blood And the thing that I think is so amazing about God is it's free for you. It's free. Purpose is free. You can live however you want to live, and it's your option because you have free will. But you'll never have purpose in that, I promise you. You may have pleasure that's ungodly, but God wants you to have pleasure just his way. So some of y'all need to throw it down. Someone say throw it down and put it on and then walk it out. And if you do, it'll change your life. But if God is just something that you like, you'll casually continue to follow him and wonder why the most valuable asset resource in, on planet earth is just something that you're casual about. Can't be. Can't be. This is everything, y'all. There's nothing you'll ever do that's more valuable than what he's put in you. So look at me. What I'm saying is you're valuable. What I'm saying is I don't care how you look, where you come from. I love to celebrate the fact that we have different colors in this room of skin, but it's your shell, and who cares, honestly? Because when you cut through, what you're going to see is whether or not they have the Spirit of God in them. And the only thing that I care about is I want 8 billion people to. Mark, do you think you can reach 8 billion? Nope. But I think if we start locking our shields together, we can. 
I really do. I'm that crazy. I think we can reach the whole world with the gospel. But first, we've got to reach our world. And we're going to change it. So I just ask for y'all to forget what's behind you and stand up and declare this as your song right now. We receive your reign. We walk in your blessing. I'm going to choose, look at me, every day to put it on so that I can walk it out so that they can get it and know him. It's not about me. Someone say that with me. It's not about me. If you believe that, and you'll live that, we'll change the whole world. And if not, every time you get in the anointing, every time you get in the service and you feel the presence of God, you'll like it. It'll just never change your life. And that's a shame because it should, because it's so good. So y'all just stand with me and let me pray over you. God, I feel the presence and power of your spirit. And I went way longer than I intended. But I believe you wanted it to all come out. And so, Lord, let them receive what you have and let me receive what you have. We receive your reign like a flood, Lord. Fill this place. Fill our hearts. Fill our lives. And may we always remember that it's not about us. It's so the world can experience the goodness of God. So, God, we're yours and we offer ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.